Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I am Dr. Jay Calvert, here today with my fox-eyed co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Are you ready to talk about the fox-eyed procedure? No. Like, almost, I know you're not. <laughs> like, literally and actually, I can't even. I won't even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew you were going to say that. And I knew that this was coming. But we have to talk about the fox eye procedure because it is all over social media and the internet. Okay, fine. We have to. I know. I know. I know. So why don't you introduce what is the fox eye procedure? So, um, it's, it's a, it depends who you ask, Okay. but typically it involves what's called a canthopexy okay. or a canthoplasty. Mm -hmm. And the canthus is this little part of the corner of the eye mm -hmm. where the eyelids come together and meet on the lateral, the out to the side aspect of yep. your orbit, the, the bones around your, your eyeball. There's also a medial canthus. There is a medial canthus. This yeah. has, we, we will not be touching that. No. Everyone knows, stay away from the medial canthus. But the lateral canthus is an area of beauty because some people's canthus, you know, their canthi will go down and mm -hmm. it makes them look sad. Yes. And when it comes up, it looks a little more mysterious, a little more, a little sexy, right? So foxy. this is, it's exactly right. So <laughs> the fox eye is uh, a term that's been ascribed to the uh, canthopexy and I, and I do canthoplasty also. So the difference being one is where you're tacking the canthus up to the bone with the stitch. And a canthoplasty is actually where you're cutting the corner of the eye and cutting the ligaments. Making it shorter. And reconstructing yeah. it and putting it up to the, to the corner of the eye. Uh, and then typically, I think, uh, based on my understanding, that the fox eye procedure in my world includes a lateral brow lift as well. So you're doing a, a, something to the canthus of the eyelid. And, uh, sorry, of the eye, and then also the lateral brow lift. In my world, I tend to do a mid-face lift with it also, because I think if you're going to get the, the brow up, you should also get up the, the cheek, and that looks very sexy and very sultry. Yes. So this, none of these techniques that you were describing are new or novel or not generally performed together. Like, these were literally the techniques that plastic surgeons have been using for decades to rejuvenate the periorbital area. So I guess my question is, who is either asking or getting this procedure? Because the combination of procedures you just described are what we typically use to address the aging periorbital area. Someone that's seeing some loose skin under the eyes, that's seeing their brows drooping, and they need to be sort of rejuvenated. So we do all of these procedures when we're doing lower blepharoplasties, mid-faces, lateral brows. Are there, is there also a, a group of young patients that are doing it specifically to change the shape of their eye? Funny you should ask that rhetorical question mm -hmm. because, yes, <laughs> and that is the key because th this is being done for people in their 20s and early 30s, uh, just not as a rejuvenating procedure. Mm -hmm. It's not to make them look younger. It's to make them look better. And I've done this on 26-year-olds, 27-year-olds, 32-year-olds, and it's a way that, you know, I, I think what's really given rise to this is the combination of fillers and Botox. 
So people do Botox, they get that little lateral brow lift, you know, it, they do some uh, crow's feet and they get a little bit of lift at the corner of the eye and they put some filler in and it pushes the, the cheek up and they're trying to get that fox eye look. Well, the surgical approach is a little more extreme, a little more permanent, a little more, uh, it's just a little better. Uh, yeah. But I will say this, I mean, I, I have a patient that called me about sort of undoing their fox eye procedure. They were from uh, back east and they said, you know, this didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. And when I looked at it, they had like an ectropian, like it, it just was done poorly, you know? So you need to go to somebody who's skilled in the art of canthopexy or canthoplasty. Yeah. And I, I, I've done a lot of these and, and I, I really like this operation. I think it's, it's cool. I think the fox eye procedure does make people prettier. I think it, it's, you know, it, it looks awesome, you know, especially if you get a good lateral brow lift and a mid face lift with it. Right. It brightens everything yeah. and just, it, it, it opens everything up, even though the term is fox eyed, but it does, it sort of brightens the area. Um, I guess my question is, how much can you actually change the shape of a round eye to an almond eye with this procedure? Because we've all, I mean, we all do it when we do our lower blepharoplasties and we do the canthopexies. Tell all of my patients, for six weeks, you're going to look Asian. You're going to have a very slanted eye appearance. But we all know that that doesn't last. And that six weeks, it comes down and you have a regular eye. Um, so if you're really drastically trying to take a very round eye and make an almond shape, does that actually last and does it work? And I can only imagine that to get it to last and to work, you'd have to do something really aggressive, cutting those tendons, putting them in really awkward, non-anatomic places, right? Mm, to get it yeah, to stay and yeah. dramatically change the shape of the eye? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th that if you really want an extreme change, your canthopexy needs to be aggressive, aggressive or you have yeah. to do a canthoplasty and cut the, cut cut the, the, the canthus yeah. and cut that lower... Uh, lid tendon, which is not a big deal. I, I mean, I I do it. For, I, I used do to it. do a mid face lift through the eyelid, you right. know, until I until I really got, you know, this is like back in the day. You know, this was in like in the '90s. I used to do a lower lid mid face lift, um, which was which was a little bit harder. I mean, there were there were some things I liked about doing it because you didn't have to have a an incision up in the hair. But now I do everything from up in the hair with an endoscope, and it's so powerful it's so good and you know especially with the the ability to use sutures and to use the endotine devices that i use no financial interest the um it really it really makes a huge difference and looks awesome it changes the shape of people's faces to be much more heart-shaped and oval yes. and and but are we changing the shape of the that. eye is what i want to get to are yeah. we actually changing the shape of it, the eye if you do it in an aggressive Super manner. aggressive. You have to. But if you do super aggressive, now you're really going to have problems, potentially. I mean, this is not mm. where you really got to go to someone who knows what they're doing around the eye. If they know what they're doing, you're going to be fine because yeah. the canthoplasty is the treatment for all the lower eyelid problems that yes. you can have, no matter how, you know, Which is why it's surprising vector. that somebody got an ectropion after this procedure. Because well. by definition, a canthopexyamplasty is supposed to treat a drooping lower eyelid. So why do they now have a drooping lower eyelid after the procedure? My theory is, is that they put the stitch into the wrong structures. Mm -hmm. They didn't get the actual canthus to do the pexy. Right. So 
there's also the the term a negative vector lower lid, and this is something that you know we talk about at our meetings a lot, and it's a it's a term that I think that the listener should understand. Right. Um, the concept that your eyeball sits over your your orbital rim, the lower the cheekbones bone of for your yeah all it, intents and purposes. Yeah, but there's there's a part there's the cheekbone, and then there's that rim of your lower or orbital bones, the bones of your eye socket. If your the globe, the the eyeball sits out over, over. that rim, that's makes you a negative vector. And yeah, that is a tricky one to treat. Hard. That is hard. Because then when you scar in, the the lid tends to pull down and mm-hmm. pull away from the globe and you get what's called an ectropion. Yeah. The treatment, of course, being uh, multiple things, but typically the first line of treatment is a canthoplasty. And so when I do lower lid surgery on negative vector patients, I tend to do a canthopexy, at least, if not a full-on canthoplasty. Right. And that's where you actually have to be, you do have to be aggressive. 100%. With it, because it in the healing period, it's going to want to pull down and scar and pull away from the eye. So you really have to get that canthal tendon pulled up high, and they're going to look very Asian. Yeah. For a while. The, the, but well, but the, you have to do that. Yeah, it needs to be yeah. overcorrected at first. And that's okay. And you just yeah. tell patients, look, it's going to be a little high and then it's going to come down. It always does. Now, to get that almond eye, you do have to – It is. it's an artful procedure. And yeah. it looks cool. But you got to know how to put it in the right place. And I, I, I mean, I love doing this. If you talk to a lot of plastic surgeons, they're, they're just not like – like we are, they, they, they don't love this. They don't love lower lid surgery. They tend to kind of go like, you know, like I'm just going to do a little of this, a little of that. I tend to dive in with both feet and, you know, get it going and just, uh, you know, do what I got to do because I, I'm very comfortable with the lower lids. I, I did, you know, it's, it's kind of all comes down to your training, doesn't it? It's like, right. what did, what did you what do in training? With? Well, <laughs> when I was training in the university of Pittsburgh, Airbags weren't invented. And so <laughs> we had face fractures like they were out of style. I mean, on any given week, there are a couple, three, four, if not five, severe facial crunches where acanthoplasty was kind of part of the deal because we were exposing the cheekbone, we were exposing the orbital rims, we were putting everything back together with right. plates and screws. And the thing the that lid. you did when you put it back together was acanthoplasty. You right. had to put the lid back together. And so that was just something we did a All lot. The time. Right. Nowadays, you know, you don't get these kind of fractures in. And so the, the training's different, you know, and if you want to get canthoplasties under your belt, you kind of got to go with people that do a lot of them. And there aren't many that do. Yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely something where you want to go to someone who knows what they're doing, who does a lot of them, because the complications um, can be very real. And the complications themselves are very challenging to fix. Yes. So you don't want to have a complication because the the treatment can be very intense to fix that complication. So um, any general plastic surgeon, for the most part, that does faces knows how to do a blepharoplasty, knows how to do a brow lift, knows how to – that's literally what we do. Um, but if you're really trying to go for, like, an aggressive correction to your eye shape or you want to change it dramatically, I would say definitely go to someone who does it a lot because that level of escalation and treatment needs to be handled by someone that does this a lot. For sure. And that's the thing. This term fox eye procedure is getting thrown around a lot on social media and the internet. (laughs) Sorry. Did I just barf out loud all over the mic? You know, yeah, we should do, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a, like our least favorite 
terminology in plastic <laughs> surgery. And we're just going to go down them one by one. I have a list. Yeah. It, it was funny. I was listening to Will Ferrell on the Smartless podcast and he, he went on live and he brought with him, he goes, well, it's February, but I brought my New Year's resolutions anyway. And so he, he was reading them and it was a really long <laughs> list. It was great. So we should do that with our least favorite. I, his favorite one that, uh, my favorite one that he brought up was, he said, for the next year, I want to refer to money, all money, as cheddar or <laughs> cheddar cheese. And for $100 bills, I want to refer to them as blue cheese. And I thought it was so great. I was like, it was good. And he had lots of them just yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, but we funny. should go through our least favorite plastic surgery terms because I know Fox Eyes on your list. On my list. It's, I get it. I get why it's called that. It's just, it's such a marketing terminology for a very generic procedure we all do. Correct. Um, I will tell you that I got a review this week on Google and, and I'm very grateful for the review because it was really great. And it was from somebody who's in the medical field and I did a revision rhinoplasty and a breast augmentation uh, for her. And it was a, she's so happy she's over the moon. Some, somehow in the review, she said, and he did a scarless breast augmentation for me. And I was just like, I never oh. said that. <laughs> Ever, 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 ever. Because I, I can't stand Oh my God. I'm like, Are you going to be the scarless breast augmentation no, surgeon? I, oh no. my gosh. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, how, like, there's a scar, by the way. In case you didn't notice, if you look in your inframammary fold, there's a scar. Fine. So it's like, God, you know, like, the patients just want, they want to label stuff. They want to do yeah, it. I and know. this fox eye procedure is no different. Yep. This is basically, you the know. Sexy label. Everyone knows. Yeah. And and by the way, so somebody called in to us for the Fox Eye procedure and you know, my my team, of course, who knows what this is, and uh, they said, Well, look, you know, the Fox Eye procedure, that's that's a canthoplasty or a canthopexy along with lower lid blepharoplasty with a mid face lift and a and a lateral brow lift. You know, that's fifty five thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, but I called this other office and it was only eight thousand dollars. And it's like so what what are people selling as the as the fox eye procedure then? That is my question. That's why I do not like these terminologies and these slap a label and marketing and deceiving the patients all for some cutesy little name. It's like, don't yeah, you gotta know what you're getting. Like, what is the actual surgery? You're right. going in and you're asking for a cutesy name, but like, what what are you getting? Like, what is the procedure? I don't know. I I, I think I think that's the the key. But you know we. You know, this is something I do a lot of. I'm correcting this one, I think, from back east, and you know, it, it it's going to take like a mid face lift, and you know, they didn't do any of those things. So maybe the fox eye procedure for eight thousand bucks is like little tiny small incision, a little, a little stitch, yeah. and close. You know, which would take me thirty minutes to do both right. sides. If that if that's all you're doing, if you just make a tiny cut, put a stitch in the canthus, and tack it to the periosteum yeah. of the orbit, and close. Does that look good? I mean, it's going to look good for a couple, three, six weeks, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I, that's not how I would do it. Yeah. I would do something where you support the surgery to look that way for a long period of time. I, I just, you know, you and I don't do like sort of sham procedures like that. We Bunch just don't. Yeah, you know, it's just not our thing. It's not. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to knock anybody that does. It's you know, they can do that. And it's fine. There are patients, clearly clearly that want small no-brainer procedures that kind of work 
You know, yeah. like the threads are a great example. Like getting threads, it's like, okay, so that lasts six weeks. Mm -hmm. And you got a bunch of, you know, plastic through your face that has going to take, you know, nine months to absorb now and leave a ton of scar. So I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the threads, but it's a quick procedure. You know, there are plastic surgeons doing it and there are patients I'm sure that are loving it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and they're sending their friends and, you know, it's less than having a mid facelift. It's less than having a facelift. So the fox eye procedure in my world is a big, big deal procedure that's going to look great for a very long time. If you want to get the the smaller version of it, I, I don't really know how to do that. So you have to find somebody find that does. Find someone that does. But that's, I mean, that's the key. That's the take home. Find someone that knows what they're doing and talk to them and ask them what you're going to have done and what the realistic results are and what are the potential complications. You know, it's a real surgery. So do your homework. Should I put together a uh, section on my website for the fox eye procedure? I think you already have. No. Do we? Do we have that now? I think you do. I have a section with before and afters. Oh, I don't know about that. But I, mm. I did Google this and your name did come up. And, and you didn't slap me? I thought you would slap me over that one. <laughs> well, like, I still have to do a podcast with come you. Here. You can't have like a big hand mark on your face. Raise some eyebrows. I wanted to. I know. I still I'm sure want you to. Did. <laughs> well, in that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.